Welcome to the Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast with your host, hailing from Kakana, Wisconsin, riding a CST Tires SSI decals, traveling back Yamaha YFC450R, four-time ATV Motocross National Champion, number 25. Cody Jensen. What's up, everybody? We're back. Welcome to the latest edition of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, episode 121 of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, presented by our title sponsor, CST Tires, in stock and available for purchase today at shop.csttires.com. I'm your host, Cody Jansen, saying hello to our more than 230,000 monthly Digging Deep listeners in all 103 countries in which you are listening, and this is our Loretta Lynn's Review Show. We have so much to discuss from the 2023 ATV Motocross National Championship season finale at Loretta Lynn's. Logan Tremellen of Tremellen Media House will join us to help break down a great weekend of racing action. But if you're listening to this, you know that a tragedy struck our ATV racing family as we've lost a family that was a true staple to our community. This episode is in loving memory of the Molander family who were on their way to Loretta's as a family but never made it. Their remembrance will very much be a part of this episode, including the last two segments of tonight's show that we will forever cherish. This one is in honor of Don, Kim, Dane, and Miranda Molander, as well as their dog, Rue. You are so deeply missed, but if we have anything to do with it, I am confident that your legacies will live on forever. Before we dive in, let's quickly shout out all of our incredible partners. CST Tires, go to shop.csttires.com today. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew. Thanks to SSI Decals, Valvoline, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV Components, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, the financial advice of the Haymauer Financial Group, DP Brakes, Factory 43, Binky's Forever ATC Museum, Impact Solutions, a new partner Caldera Lab, and their high-performance men's skincare products and regimen. We all know moto is a gnarly sport. It can be hard on our skin, so allow Caldera Lab to help you achieve your skincare goals this summer. Get 20% off with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at calderalab.com slash DIGGINGDEEP20 and Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. You already know it was big news when Manscaped announced that they were jumping into the Beard Products game, introducing the Beard Hedger Pro Kit from Manscaped. A premium beard sculpting machine, the Beard Hedger allows dudes like you and I to style our beards to exactly our liking with a zoom wheel featuring 20 different built-in lengths. This Pro Kit also includes shampoo, conditioner, oil, and balm for your beard, as well as a brush, comb, and scissors. Now you're speaking my language, Manscaped. Get 20% off with free shipping by using code DIGGING deep 20 at manscaped.com so rad that manscaped is continuing to invest in atv racing as a longtime partner of digging deep help us keep them in the fold and involved in atv racing by using our digging deep 20 code so they know you enjoy digging deep and what we're all about here and speaking of outside the industry sponsors, if you send us a screenshot of an order from Caldera Lab using our Digging Deep 20 code, we will send you an item of Digging Deep merch for free. Support all these great companies that support us and for any products that fall through the cracks, click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on our website to help us out. The 2023 ATV Motocross National Season has officially come to an end, but we both know you still need parts and gear, maybe now more than ever. 
No matter what off-road gear parts you need, Rocky Mountain ATVMC has you covered. But before you buy, simply click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on our website. By using our specific link, we get a percentage of what you buy on the back end, enabling you to help us out while purchasing the parts you need anyway. And did you know you can buy OEM parts from Rocky Mountain ATVMC as well? Yep, ship conveniently right to your door. So click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner at diggingdeepatvmx.com to help us out while satisfying all your gear and parts needs. One new donor to shout out this week, shout out to the Valone family, longtime supporters of Digging Deep, supporters of Digging Deep since its inception. We appreciate your contribution so much. If you are interested in donating and hearing your name on the show, you can find the Patreon or Buy Me a Coffee donation links on our website. Major thanks to all who have donated, of course. Now, if you can't donate, but you still want to help us out, you can leave us a rating or a review on iTunes and Spotify. That helps us out in a major way. If nothing else, it lets our partners know that you're passionate about digging deep and keeping us around long into the future now it's showtime the 30 second board is up it's sideways and the gate is down time to dig deep let's go all right guys we're back one final time with one final race recap show as we headed to hurricane mills tennessee for round 10 of the atv motocross national championship series the loretta lynn season finale joining me to help break down all the action is a dude who continues to slay it we haven't had him on here in a minute but we we mentioned his name on every single episode brought to you by our friends at caldera lab and their high performance men's skincare products and regiment we all know moto is a gnarly sport it can be hard on your skin so allow Caldera Lab to help you achieve your skincare goals this summer. Get 20% off with our code DiggingDeep20 at calderalab.com slash DiggingDeep20. I'm proud to welcome from Tremellon Media House, Mr. Logan Tremellon. Logan, welcome back to the podcast, buddy. Congrats on all the success and, and all the stuff that you guys continue to do and, and grow. Your outreach continues to grow. And uh, man, thanks so much for, for fitting me into your busy schedule. It means a bunch to me. Of course. Thanks for thinking of bringing me on, Cody. I've wanted to all season long. It's been a little bit of a disjointed summer for us, but I've uh, been doing some revolving co-host stuff and uh, you've been on my uh, top of my list from the beginning, but I know your workload is super heavy too. So glad that we could get you in here to talk about, you know, the finale of the ATV motocross national championship here. So uh, before we even get into the racing, obviously the weekend started with a tragedy on the way to the event there uh, probably you know, one of the most traumatic things I can remember in my time uh, here in the sport, pro rider Dane Molander, car girl Miranda Molander, and their parents Don and Kim Molander were tragically lost in a horrific accident on the way to the event. I woke up Thursday morning to just a countless amount of, of messages and calls and texts and everything else. And, you know, I've really been at a, a loss of words ever since. It still feels, it still feels like a nightmare, still hard to wrap my head around it. Uh, their, their legacy lives on. I think that one thing that we can, can surely agree on is uh, you can tell the impact that they had, you know, you can tell the kind of people that they were, they were awesome. They were freaking awesome and so respectful and just uplifting. I think that they helped, you know, I know they helped riders behind the scenes and all those things. So just an absolute tragedy, Logan. I, I don't know what else to say. Uh, so many people still hurting with the loss of the the Molander family, tragically lost on the way to Loretta's. Yeah, it's just ridiculously unfortunate, not just for the family, for the ATV motocross community, for everybody just around you know my my family was really close to them my brother's really close to them so mm -hmm. you know it hit 
just everybody really hard and it's really sad to see yeah it's uh, again i i'm at a loss for words uh somebody yeah. said at loretta's there that i know you're at a loss for words but you're going to find them and i'm going to need a little more time to find them uh we're going to do some special things here coming up with uh, one of our awards and uh, something coming up cool later on the show here. But right in this moment, wanted to address it right off the top. It's uh, been heavy on all of our hearts, obviously, the ATV motocross community from the moment that it happened, the moment that we learned of it. But uh, yeah, still at a loss for words, still feels like a nightmare. So uh, let's kind of transition. I don't, I don't know how you shift gears into talking about racing and other things after that. Let's kind of start though. You and I hung out on Friday morning a little bit. We were waiting for the track to dry out there and we got the touch base a little bit on the continued growth for Tremel and Media House and how you guys are continuing to branch out. Uh, give my listeners a little update on that because you have a lot to be proud of, pal. Yeah, it's been a while since we've been on here, but TMH, we have kind of two divisions now. We have the action sports stuff, so we cover the entire ATV Motocross National Championship. Um, and that's pretty much it. I was before trying to expand into other series, but the problem with that is I was just killing myself. It was so much travel. I mean, there was a few weekends where I had to be on different opposite sides of the country in the same weekend, and that just wasn't sustainable. Uh, it wasn't a healthy lifestyle. So we kind of right. actually cut back action sports. We just do ATV motocross, which I think is actually good because then we can put more time, energy into, you know, the full production, the post-production uh, at the races um, and build a solid team there. Um, mm -hmm. But now outside of the season, uh, we are building a commercial side of things so we work with a lot of higher end clients like construction stuff healthcare stuff we're just getting into that realm um really just to actually expand this into not just a weekend you know hobby but yeah. now it's it's actually a full-on business we're building a team we have an office now so we're just expanding so on top of i think last time i was on here it was just me me going to all the races me filming everybody me editing everything me posting everything now it's me and noel mickelson he's an ex-pro racer uh, he rode for phoenix racing honda at the time um uh, now we both film everything we both edit everything and we have max mansky who runs pro sport i believe he's in right now but he helps us post a lot of our content awesome. um so we're slowly building a team i'm trying to make it into something more than just me just just the name actually a team that can help the series grow help the sport grow and create just as much content as much badass content as we possibly can <laughs> yeah there you go well that's super cool uh congrats on all that and it's pretty cool because you're bringing your atv your fellow atv dudes with you which is pretty awesome and it reminds me of a lot of successful uh, businesses in our industry, like you think of SSI decals, they're a kingpin in so many ways. Uh, the ATV side of what they do is very small in, you know, in comparison to the, the grandness of, you know, Signcraft and all the stuff they do for John Deere and everything else. So to think that, you know, you can grow a business um, and be super successful and then hopefully always maintain the ATV thing, because obviously, you know, what you do for and coverage of the sport and the videos and the content and the pictures and, and your clients and everything, uh, you bring a lot to the sport. So um, hopefully that can maintain for forever where you can help ATV motocross while, you know, probably have something that really, you know, helps you fund the business and, and, and grow kind of elsewhere, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's the plan. Um, I think I told you when we were hanging out on Friday uh, that I actually want to make it so I don't need ATV motocross to make money. Right. Um, and what the fun for me in that is we can do a lot more giveaways. So like I just started doing a giveaway where I pay for three different riders. I pay for their practice and rates race entry every single weekend. Um, and it went great. You know, th that was actually my most, my favorite part of 
every weekend recently is just going around and being like, hey, here's a T-shirt and here's a check. Like, congrats. Yeah, and awesome. some people were expecting it. Some people weren't. Um, so that was really fun. And I want to, I don't know if I want to do more people because it might just, it might become a hassle of needing to find five, 10 people a weekend, but sure. more money is always fun. So we'll, we'll oh, see yeah. where we end up next year. Well, that's, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Credit to you for that. And a uh, good passion project for sure. That's awesome. So, yeah. so we briefly discussed with David Eller on the preview show, uh, but Loretta Lynn's got pounded with rain in a historic fashion during the bike event there leading up to our arrival. So it dried out a little bit. Uh, it was drying out. They pulled the mud that they had scraped off. They had to scrape so far down for the bike race to make it rideable. They scraped it back onto the racetrack. I believe it was drying out nicely. And then we got rain again at the start of ATV week. And it was still wet, like we said on Friday morning, when we were kind of passing the time there, waiting for the track to dry out. Quad started riding on it more and more, and eventually it came around. But man, it was so deep. It was so rutted. I had people coming up to me all day long saying, man, I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know what's wrong with my machine. But it was just that deep. I think that people weren't used to it being that grabby, that deep, that rutted, that saturated. Uh, that, you know, yeah, like I had my I had my rear end, my chain, stuff like that getting hung up in places where like it's never got hung up and we've dealt with some serious rain at Loretta's in the past but yeah it was it was pretty pretty saturated there pretty deep on Friday uh, it would come around for the weekend but uh but yeah it took you a little while to be able to get on the racetrack as it dried out there and still like Friday was never normal it wasn't a normal like we felt the effects of bike week and all the saturation that they had there pal yeah the track on Friday was rough I mean, first off we had to hang out for the track to be rideable like there was people out there but they weren't even it wasn't even worth being out there. Um, and I mean, I, th- I think I was out on the track filming all day and I don't know if I have a single good clip just because like even the fast guys couldn't go fast. Like it was just, it was a gnarly track for, for a Friday practice. Yeah. I kept telling people that, you know, like my dad's back home, you know, calling me like, man, how's the, how's the track coming along? I'm like, yeah. You know, it's, it's like not that muddy, like it, it came around fine as far as that goes, but I'm like, it's, yeah. it's going to be so rough and so rutted. I'm like, you're not learning anything. Like, that's what I tell people. If you're not learning anything out there, it's kind of pointless. I said to my wife at the end of the day, I'm like, I should have just skipped it. You know, it didn't like, I've done a million laps on this racetrack. Yeah. It's the same, you know, so skip that um, way in the Creek. Yeah. So, so things did come around though, Saturday morning, the the track really was coming into its own. It was primo. So we saw that first pro qualifier come out. Joel Hetrick tops the board there in the first qualifying session, followed by Bryce Ford, Chad Weenan, Nick Janusa, and Brandon Hogue. That was your top five. And then the rains came Logan. The, the track was just starting to shape up. Like I said, it felt like felt like the Loretta's we know riding it Saturday morning. It was really coming along and then that ship completely sailed. That second qualifier would be foregone. And uh, the dynamic of this final race day of the season changed in a hurry, didn't it, Logan? Oh, yeah. I mean, I was out there during the first qualifier and I saw the rain coming. They were like talking about it. And I was just optimistic that it was going to miss us. I yeah. even talked to Harv and he's like, I took my jacket out. That means the rain will miss us because we're ready for it. Okay. Um, and it did not miss us. It, it hit us really bad for a long time. And I will say, uh, yeah, they canceled the second qualifier, but I think this was the first time ever that I remember that the first moto didn't go until 1 p.m. It was insane. So second moto after the pros went at 2 
Yeah. Like it was, it was crazy. I don't remember ever starting that late. Oh, I was thinking the same thing. So I was supposed to be one of the first motos in the morning and we're like sitting in staging and somebody comes up and they're like, yeah, "Yeah, the weather, like there's, there's weather coming. So I have Brooke pull up the radar. It's obviously not pretty. I'm like, okay, like, let's go, let's go. And they didn't get any races in before that first qualifier. And you could feel the, I could just feel it in the air. I'm like, Brooke, like we have to leave staging. We got to go back to the trailer, put the quad right in. And, uh, and you could just, you, it was coming and it was going to be pretty serious. And I think the rain was even worse than I expected. So yeah, that I I believe it was a C class. I think was like down there in staging before the first qualifier ever went. And I think some riders stayed down there the whole time i swear they yeah. were down there for like three hours like a legit three hours Literally. uh because the the first moto of the day race number one like you said went off at one o'clock they raced one moto then everything stopped they got ready for the pros and like you said race two didn't happen until two o'clock in the afternoon so credit to them for getting all the motos in by dusk that was absolutely amazing but man, the, the, the rain that we got, it got dark. Like it felt like nighttime almost. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we got, we got freaking pounded. There was a, like my pit area became lakefront property. <laughs> it was so bad. It was, it was bad. So Joel Hatcher came over just ahead of that first moto. He was giving the track a quick look and he comes by and he goes, that's the worst thing I've ever seen. So, uh, I, I remember posting that I posted that like, man, for anybody that's looking for a track update, there's that Joel Hatrick said, it's the, it's the worst thing that he's ever seen. But honestly, like I thought that it actually didn't end up being as bad as I thought they cut out the billboard section for the pros, which was muddy in the morning because quads hadn't, hadn't been on it all weekend. And they mm-hmm. cut the section in the back, uh, storyland out of it. Yeah. But other than that, like, honestly, like the track ended up actually being better than I expected in that first moto, you know, the first couple laps were pretty, pretty, pretty darn sloppy, but it came around pretty fast. Like it wasn't as bad as I expected to be honest. So credit to the the track crew for getting it as rideable as they did. Yeah. I mean, the whole shot is always important. It was definitely more important in that first moto for Joel. Um, but you could tell that Loretta's one had a lot of experience in the rain over the past few weeks, um, but two saw it coming. Um, we got a lot of rain on what Thursday. We got a lot of rain on Saturday and mm-hmm. the track was surprisingly raceable. <laughs> it really was. So just like you said, whole shot was more important than ever in a mud race. And guess who Joel Hetrick rips that moto one whole shot followed by Chad Weenan. So your, your top five there early was Hetrick, Weenan, Hogue, Restrelli, and Salinas. Nick Janusa made the pass there for fifth on Salinas on lap two. But after that, you know, you know how these mud races go, Logan, there wasn't, there was like a lot of just follow the leader going on guys getting spread out, kind of finding where they were at and just kind of staying there. It was so muddy, you know, you can't take on, you know, the track was better than we expected, but you can't take on that kind of ruse for any prolonged period of time. There's just no way to do it. So uh, that first moto where they kind of started is where they finished. We didn't see a ton of, a ton of, you know, close racing going on. It's like everybody found their spot and kind of, kind of stayed there for the duration of this thing. Yeah, I saw exactly the same thing. You know, uh, one, you can't take the roost that long, but two, it definitely was. There was a fast line around the whole track. So they all just kind of fell into it and just, Rode, rode the race, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So the muddy conditions at Pleasure Valley weren't kind to Joel Hattrick a few races ago, but he made the treacherous track conditions look easy in that first moto, stretching his lead to more than 12 seconds by moto's end. And obviously, so titles titles wrapped up. Joel Hattrick had this title wrapped up, obviously, at Briarcliff. So my thought, you know, 
kind of my one of my themes for the day was is Chad Weenan going to be able to nail down a possible win here to finish the season and you know be I think I think the the record is 17 now seasons with at least one win for Chad Weenan 17 consecutive you know as we see this day play out so he was on the hunt for that and he's always good in the mud Chad's just he's he's just so consistent hits his marks so well uh but didn't get the first moto hole shot that he needed to make that happen like you said it was pretty one-lined and Joel Hattrick had made a point coming into this race that he was gonna he was gonna break some hearts he was gonna go harder than ever before and man I couldn't I couldn't believe the way he was pushing it early and 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 throughout that first moto where he you know got a comfortable lead and and kind of held on to it then it was 12 second gap for the last three, four, five laps, kind of similar to we've seen all season long. It was very similar to, you know, these were treacherous conditions, but the same Joel Hattrick we've seen all season long. And um, I've probably asked all of my guests because he's put together such an amazing season, but I don't know what else there is to say about this guy. I mean, absolutely prolific season by Joel Hattrick, man. Yeah. Joel had one, just an incredible season all around, you know, he was probably the most consistent and fast we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chad getting hurt just kind of made it even more uh, because he had that little bit of breathing room pretty much all season. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, Joel's a racer. He wouldn't have gone out there and gone slow. You know, he would, he would rather not show up than go out there and go slow. So yeah, obviously if he gets, he's going for the whole shot and if he gets the whole shot, he's riding his ass off. <laughs> probably a shame that we didn't see a dry track for him because he said he was going to uncork it and grab another gear now that the championship was sealed but yeah we still saw some great racing on this day first moto maybe not so much but we did see bryce ford uh come into this one with a 19 point advantage over chad Weenan. this is one of the other top storylines we were following throughout the day here in this race for second and points but things got interesting when bryce was buried in the first corner i saw him just about last and uh, could only get as high as eighth by Moto's end. So things got tight. I think it went from mm-hmm. a 19-point advantage coming in to a 10-point advantage going into that second Moto, and we were seeing things tighten up there. That was definitely something that, like, that was the race to watch uh, as far as points were concerned on this race day, and things got tight in that first Moto, pal. Yeah, that's actually what I was paying attention to the most is where Bryce was because I knew Wien was in second. Yep. Um, and I didn't know the points difference, so I didn't even know if it, I, I didn't know it was still ten. I actually thought it was closer, if not already gone in my head uh, when I was out there. I, I was filming; there was a lot going on, but I just saw right. Bryce. I'm like, he's he's pretty far back there, and I was like, he better pick it up. You know, the second place is on the line. Um, not even just a second place, but Bryce's first second place ever is on the line. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I was paying attention to most. Yeah, absolutely. He made some passes very late in that race that kept it uh, double digits there at 10 points. But yeah, it, yeah. it didn't look good. I thought, I thought in my mind it was going to be even closer than that going into the second moto as well. And speaking of points battles, we didn't even know that Logan Stanfield was going to going to give it a go. I learned this after we got to the racetrack on, on Wednesday. Rob Stanfield was one of the first people to come over and kind of fill me in <laughs> on what was going on there. But yeah, that, that was a points battle that we were monitoring, that final top 10 spot 
spot for 10th overall in points. And Logan Stanfield decided to give it a go, and he would end up a strong ninth in that first moto with that knee injury that he suffered at Briarcliff, looking very much like he may hold on to that top 10 spot in points in so much respect to him. I mean, I know that that, that uh, knee was still swollen. He didn't know the exact injury that he had at the time, but I know he was suffering. He was wearing some different braces. I think a brace he got from Joel Hetrick and, and all kinds of things. And that first moto, the mud probably helped him. And I said that to him, like, the mud probably helped mm-hmm. you, pal. And he was in agreement with that. But he went out there, suffered his way to a ninth in that first moto. And then that kind of took the pressure off for the second moto. We didn't even know he was going to race. And he went out there and slayed it. The, the goal was to hold on to the top 10. And he took a major step towards that in that first moto. Yeah, I didn't even know Logan was going out. I until he showed up on the qualifier, I just had I'm pretty good at staying in my own little world. Yeah, um, right. But yeah, yeah, he he rolled up. I'm like, wait, didn't you hurt yourself? Uh-huh. Uh, so it was really cool to see him go up and you know not even just show up, but still be competitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It was one of those things like I, I remember posting that he might be out for the season because that's the way that they made it sound. And then I kind of highlighted the fact that Cody Ford, who really wanted that top 10 spot, was only five points back from Logan coming into the finale. And I remember posting that, you know, like it was right in, in his view, Cody Ford's view there. And I'm like, I just have a gut feeling Logan's going to give it a go. And, uh, and that's what we ended up seeing. So at the finish there, it was Hetrick, your winner, 12 seconds up, followed by Chad Wienan, Brandon Hogue, strong third. He ran third kind of throughout by himself in this moto, so credit to him. Jeffrey Rostrelli, fourth. Nick Janusa rounded out the top five. Wesley Wolf, strong sixth for Wesley Wolf. Linquist. Bryce Ford up to eighth, Stanfield ninth, like we said, Salinas rounded out the top 10, Kevin Sarr, Cody Ford, and Costa Rica's Cesar Jimenez rounded out the field there. We'll get right back to the show, but now a word from our sponsors. And thank you for listening to these ads. Without these great companies, none of this would be possible. Show your support for the people who support us. The official tire choice of Digging Deep, CSD tires are the choice of ATV Racing's elite on the track, in the woods, and every other terrain. CSD tires swept the ATV Racing world in 2022 as Joel Hetrick, Bryson Neal, and Bo Barron rode their Pulse MXR and Pulse HT tires to an ATV Pro Motocross title, GNCC XC1 Pro title, and 10th ATV Pro Works Racing title, respectfully. Led by champion Joel Hetrick and podium contenders Bryce Ford, Jeffrey Rastrelli, and Nick Janusa, CST's Pulse MXR tire is the most trusted tire in ATV Motocross today. Available in soft and standard compounds, the Pulse MXR offers the highest level of traction, most predictable cornering, and superior wear characteristics when compared to the competition. And did I mention they have a contingency program as well? Visit shop.csttires.com to join the CSD takeover today, or prepare to be beat by someone who did. The best of the best choose CST. Do you? You know we're Team Blue Crew here at the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, as the Yamaha YFZ450R is the official ATV of Digging Deep. In a move started by eight-time ATVMX Pro Class National Champion Chad Wienan, who with his next championship will become the winningest champion in ATV motocross history, we are living in ATV Racing's YFZ450R era. Alongside Wienan, seven-time GNCC XC1 Pro ATV National Champion Walker Fowler 
welcomed a pair of new champions to the Yamaha Champions Club as the podium-proven Yamaha YFZ450R proved to be the winning choice for Joel Hetrick and Bryson Neal. This unprecedented success for the YFZ450R, its unrivaled quality and performance, and the clear fact that Yamaha is the leading OEM supporter of ATV racing has resulted in a complete Yamaha takeover within the sport quad market. Evident by the continuation of Yamaha's Blue Crew Racer Support Program, Yamaha riders will once again cash in on payout and prize opportunities in 2023, including a chance to win a brand new YFZ450R. For more info, head over to YamahaBlueCrew.com. Follow Yamaha Outdoors as well as the new Blue Crew official channel on social media and check out Yamaha's full proven off-road lineup at YamahaOutdoors.com today. SSI decals, your decals, your way. SSI decals sets the standard with the best looking decals, graphics kits, and vinyl wraps in the industry. Established in 1947, SSI took shape as an offshoot of their parent company by doing a little work for local pro Chad Wienan. Nearly two decades later and fueled by a passion for ATVs, the company has flourished into one of ATV Moto's most recognized brands. From ATV Motocross, SSI has expanded into graphics and design work for top racers in GNCC, works racing, pro motocross and supercross, off-road and more headlined by eight-time world champion top fuel drag racer Clay Milliken. Whether your project is big or small, SSI decals will make your identity stick. Get started today at SSIDecals.com and use code DIGGINGDEEP10 for 10% off at checkout. Things are about to get sick. The Digging Deep ATBMX podcast is brought to you in part by DID and their wide range of championship winning chains. From the street to the track and everywhere in between, DID chains are designed to give you the optimal riding experience with great performance and increased chain life. Consistent to the core, pick up your box of reliability today. DID, what drives you? We are proud to be partnered with Namira Technologies. For over 20 years, Namira has pushed the limit of value and reliability in the ATV and side-by-side market. Covering more applications than anyone in the industry, Namira's full line of cast and forged pistons, connecting rods, gasket kits, and industry-leading top-end repair kits and more have led to higher overall engine performance for your machine. Visit your local dealer or online at www.namira.com. And follow along on Instagram for giveaways and exciting new products in 2023. Namira Technologies, your one-stop shop engine component supplier. We are pleased to be partnered with Bronco ATV and UTV Components. Bronco has been an industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years. With a catalog that includes a full line of electrical components, engine internals and cylinders, shock and suspension parts, winches, clutch kits, valves, carb kits, bearing kits, and drive chain parts, Bronco is your hard part source for whatever you need for whatever you ride. Available exclusively through distributors around the world, visit your local dealer or online at broncoatv.com. For over 150 years, Valvoline has been dedicated to constant improvement and innovation across all disciplines of racing. As a proud member of Team Valvoline for nearly a decade, I have witnessed their unwavering commitment to pushing the boundaries of performance. Valvoline has sponsored some of the greatest names in motorsports, solidifying their position as a powerhouse in the industry. Being a part of this historically great team has been an incredible privilege. When it comes to my equipment, whether it's my daily commuting vehicles, race quads, or anything in between, I trust nothing but Valvoline. Their range of products and lubricants consistently delivers increased horsepower, durability, and engine life. 
While Valvoline's latest innovation, the Valvoline Ultimate Power Sports line, stands out as a true game changer, their entire lineup deserves recognition. With the Ultimate Power Sports, I've experienced unparalleled performance on the track and beyond. Its advanced synthetic formula is specifically engineered for high-performance power sports vehicles, delivering unmatched power, protection, and endurance. Upgrade to Valvoline today and experience the difference for yourself. Visit ValvolineGlobal.com to explore their full range of products, including the groundbreaking Valvoline Ultimate Power Sports. Discover why Valvoline has been a trusted name in the racing industry for over a century. So then moving on to Moto2, the overarching theme Logan for Moto2, at least for me, was first noticed as riders took their final sight lap of the season. And I noticed that there was a mix of big tires and standard tires being chose by these riders for Moto2. The track had clearly come around and now there was a gamble going on. There was kind of a, you know, are you going to run the big tires to possibly help you get a whole shot? And then, you know, and then manage throughout the race where I feel like on the track, the little tires might've been, you know, might've been the answer. So this, this kind of whole theme was headlined by Hattrick opting for his normal setup while Chad Weenan was on big tires. And instantly I knew that, you know, being that this added factor, we may be in for a barn burner there in the final moto of the season. Yeah. Two things to say. Uh, one, people were literally going back and forth between big and smalls. Uh, Rastrelli yes. came back from the site lap, decided he wanted to switch off of bigs. Yep. And when they were switching to smalls, the, he did, the gate actually dropped before he was on the line. He, had, he finished the whole race with, I think, three smalls and one big tire. You're exactly um, right. So he, he was literally in between decisions. Yeah. Um, but then one thing that I've never thought about is when they're racing a track like that, Loretta's super soft. You mm-hmm. know, even mm-hmm. if smalls is a better decision based off of, of based off the track conditions. Yeah. If other riders in your same class or before your class are on bigs, the ruts will be deeper than your bike yep. can take. Yep. So then, for example, in this situation, Weenan would be able to, you can still ride pretty fast with big tires yeah. on. Oh yeah. Like Joel used to train with big tires, even on dry, hard pack tracks, just to get used to it. Yep. Used to how the bike reacts. So yep. in that situation, if Weenan's racing a track like that, he can, dig those deeper ruts and then Joel will be scraping and being slowed down a lot. Mm -hmm. So that's a a factor that I actually never thought of ever in my history of racing until this weekend. So that was the top of my mind, Logan, you're hitting the nail on the head because it was the top of my mind. I, I was saying to people, I'm like, you know, as much as Friday was so weird and it was so deep and so rutted, I'm like the track today on Saturday, in my opinion, I'm like, it'll never be as good as it was on Friday. Even now it came around. It really did. Like I raced late in the day, nearly at dusk and I ran little tires, but even then we were race almost 30 and I was scrambling because I had big tires on and ripped them off to put little tires on. So yes, you're exactly right. Cause my, my thought was it was so deep and so rutted that I'm like, if we were racing on Friday's track and remember I said, it was not, it was not muddy, uh, as the day played out on Friday, but I'm like, if we were racing, I would be on big tires to get that ground clearance, just like you're saying. And, and then there's that obvious advantage of the whole shot, whether it's just the, you know, just the, the ruts you may be in literally in the starting pad. And then as Mm -hmm. that, you know, first straightaway, the whole shot straightaway is as deep as it is the big tires. I think, you know, they play a role. They definitely are an advantage. I think. 
And you just, I'm assuming in Joel's mind, he's thinking, okay, I'm such a good starter. I'm sure I can get the whole shot on normal tires, but Chad foiled that plan by getting the whole shot with those big tires. And, and like I said, just as I suspected big tire, Chad Weenan ripped the whole shot. And then I knew, cause you said already the track was developing in a way that it was obviously pretty one line, especially if you're going pretty similar speeds. And uh, I knew we were in for, for a fun one. As soon as we saw Chad, we didn't get the whole shot. Yeah. I mean, Chad, Chad and Joel were pretty much side by side on the whole shot. He just pushed Joel out a little bit. Yep. And I was like, oh, this is a race. Um, It was, I don't know if we're going to touch on this, but it was really cool to see Chad back up there. Yeah. I think people still don't understand that he broke his collarbone at round two and he came back for round three. Um, with no is, reprieve, with no downtime. Yeah, literally. I, I think it was like three days after the crash or something like that. Uh, he actually flew here to me in Pennsylvania and had a surgery done. I picked him up from the airport and to, uh, picked him up from surgery and dropped him off the airport. Um, so like he was ready to get back to training as soon as the crash happened pretty much. Um, so it's honestly insane that he's still able to race at this level, um, but be able to make a recovery that fast and still be competitive and still get a win at the end of the season. Absolutely freaking insane. So I'm so glad that you wanted to touch on it because it's, it's just nuts. I mean, you look at his season and it's, Two nineteen two 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 one now after after you know the the weekend plays out the way that it does and yeah to think that he broke his collarbone in the middle of there um still kind of hurts and winces if you know somebody grabs him on the shoulder or whatever hits him on the back or whatever it is like to think of that and how consistent and good he has been uh the dude is just an absolute legend so um yeah so we we knew we were in for a fun one he rips the whole shot there on big tires and in the first couple corners joel hatrick who was just a, a little bit back after the that first corner played out joel hatrick was already maneuvering his way into second so it was weenan hatrick janusa Bryce Ford with a much better start in this one in fourth, Brandon Hogan fifth. Uh, what were you thinking at this point? Did you have a guess on what you might see? Like, did you think that Chad was going to be able, I mean, we, you know, that he was sensing blood in the water uh, mm -hmm. last moto of the season was in position for a possible overall out in clean air on a muddy track or whatever one lined racetrack. I was thinking like, man, you're going to see everything Chad has right now. I'm assuming you had a similar thought. Yeah, I mean, Chad was doing his race. He was riding how he normally does. And Joel was all over him. Yeah. I mean, the entire race, Joel was just looking for new lines, trying to get beside him, trying to get in front of him. There were so many times where they were side by side, mm -hmm. but Joel was on the outside. So Chad had the right away. Um, yeah. So Joel checked up. And I mean, I actually thought Joel was going to get around him. Yeah. Um, so I, I was impressed that Chad could keep him behind him. I don't know if the tires came into play in that or if it was just the track being one lined or whatever it was. But it was really cool to see Chad, you know, hold Joel off for that entire race. And towards the end, Joel couldn't take the roost anymore. It was actually his bike started smoking a little bit. Yeah. You, I think he took his goggles off, but you could tell that he just he had nothing for him. You know, it's one of those things, and I was watching this race go down, and, and you were a racer too, so you know this feeling. The feeling of when somebody is pressuring you like like they're, it feels like they're going to drive through you. You know, I, I experienced that in the pro class a little bit here and there, and I'm like, 
what that must feel like to know Joel Hattrick, you know, prolific season, all these things. I know Chad, Chad just looks at him like his main competitor, but you got Joel Hattrick all over you for, for 22, 23, 24 minutes and to never relent, to never give up the spot. I just absolutely masterful job. I mean, Joel Hattrick set the fastest time. Uh, like you said, they couldn't have been any closer. They literally could not have been any closer. I'm, mm-hmm. They were bumping tires. They had to be bumper to grab bar. Uh, but Chad never gave it up. And man, I just, that pressure, man, like to survive that pressure. Shoot, I, I, Chad Wienan is the only person on the planet that could, that could go through that whole race and not make enough of a mistake for Joel Hattrick to get by. I'm quite confident in that. Yeah, that's why it's Chad Wienan. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. <laughs> you're exactly right. So uh, so we could see Chad Wien and he was trying to stretch that lead early, ever so slightly. In third, Nick Janusa was distancing himself from the rest of the pack. So uh, he was kind of clear third all race long. That was never in doubt. But quickly, like you said, I realized that Jeffrey, who was very much in the mix in that first moto, had uh, had started the race half a lap down or whatever it was. I mean, way back. Yeah. Uh, and, and then come to find out, you know, he was riding on three little tires and a big tire, I think is what it was. And, uh, in the Restrelli squad told me after the fact, you know, like Jeffrey comes in, he wants to switch Jeff's like, he should big Jeff's like, he shouldn't have, obviously we would have got the whole shot and maybe we could have won the second moto because Jeffrey was ripping, especially for being on three little tires and a big tire. It's absolutely mind blowing. And then I think. Uh, one of the crew members there had messaged us and said that I think the impact gun also died in the process. So really? that was an added factor of, of that whole thing. So he comes yeah. in after the site lap uh, needs to, wants to switch the tires and shoot. If he had a do over, he would obviously have stuck to, to bigs and, and did that whole thing because he didn't have a fighting chance in that second moto. Like I said, he was ripping, got up to the back of, I think like Cody Ford. So it would have been kind of farther back end of the top 10 area. And then, like you said, one line track, muddy, all those things. And it's like, you can't do that much when you get to, you know, riders that are clearly going pretty fast and aren't going to give you the spot. So Jeff, surely wishing he had a duel over there in that second moto yeah it's pretty unfortunate that that just happened that it came to be yeah. uh, but that's definitely not the track that you want that to happen if it oh. does he might have been riding better because he was just pissed off about it oh i'm sure he know? was oh my gosh <laughs> yeah. i'm sure he was i mean i heard you know you always hear the rev limiter with jeffrey but i was hearing extra rev limiter i swear so yeah uh, i'm sure and after that first moto you know nobody wants to i should say everybody wants to end the season with a on a high note with a podium or whatever it was so fourth in that first moto jeffrey wants to get a wants to get on the overall podium on the day to end this thing but uh that was that was not gonna not gonna happen here so after a super strong first moto we saw brandon hogue losing positions he fell back to seventh after getting passed by wesley wolf and max Lindquist. and then up front we saw joel hetrick turning some burners like you said he gets to the back of chad weenan uh there's not an inch between those two logan excluding that last lap uh the gap between Weenan and Hetrick was less than a second every single time they came by the stripe in the second half of this race. And to me, I swear, like I said, Joel couldn't have been possibly any closer to, to Chad Weenan. Now the corner where 
uh, he seemed to pull up and really get close was that sand corner before the finish. I know that that's what you were talking about earlier. They'd get side by side a a few laps in a row. They got side by side there. And it seemed like Joel Hatrick got closer and closer and closer every time. So as the race played out, I'm thinking it's going to come down to the last lap. It's going to come down to that last corner and Joel's going to give it his all. But on the last lap, like you said, we saw Joel Hatrick throw his goggles and his machine started bellowing out some smoke after all that roost he took on. And essentially it was over at that point, but shoot, what a, what a race we saw between those two and so much credit to Joel Hatrick because he didn't need to do that. I mean, you know what you're going to get from Joel, you know, he's always going to put his best foot forward, but he didn't need to go do that. And he freaking left it all out there. So, so much credit to him because he wrote his ass off. Yeah, Joel gave it pretty much everything he has. I do think that if the championship was on the line, you know, one of those laps, he might have not hit the brakes as soon and threw it in on Wien a little bit more. Yeah, Yeah. so that would have been interesting. But at the same time, Wien has a lot of momentum going into next year. Like you break your collarbone, spend all season getting back to normal and then win the last season or last race of the season. You have some good momentum heading into the next year would this get your vote for race of the year? Cause it sure would for me. I mean, we saw in the final moto of the season, now Bud's Creek was good. And you could, if you just watch Joel Hetrick, the stuff that we see him do on an ATV, you could call every race, the race of the year, if you just watch him. Mm-hmm. But as far as battles go intensity, I mean, what we saw, like I was on edge that second half of that second moto uh, race of the year for me, no doubt. I don't even know, to be honest, <laughs> like I said, I'm, a, I'm in my own little world. When I'm out there. So like, yeah. yep. I can't even remember all the battles that happened this year. So maybe potentially, uh, I know there was some incredible racing, not necessarily for position one, of course, of course, um, yeah. but there were some crazy races this year for sure. And I love seeing Bryce get some wins. You know, that was fun yeah. too. I mean, two wins, just, right? Yeah. Two overalls. Yep. Yeah. So a crazy season for sure. So Chad Wienan grabs the first win of his season. Uh, Joel Hetrick, Caps his fourth title season with a hard-fought second overall, one-two scores on the day. And Nick Janusa rounds out the overall podium, making it back-to-back podium appearances to cap the season for him. How impressive was Nick down the stretch? He really figured out his qualifying. He figured out his hole shots. And then to end the season with back-to-back overall podiums officially, pretty pretty darn impressive and so stoked for that for him. You touched on Chad trending upwards and getting hot, having Mm -hmm. momentum finishing the season coming in next year. Uh, Nick Janus is coming into year 10 in 2024, and he's got more momentum than any of the dudes behind him uh, on the list for sure. Yeah, I agree. It was really cool to see Janus get back-to-back podiums because at Briarcliff, he actually, he was kind of, it wasn't given to him. He earned it, but you know, it was a result of the points being shifted from whatever yeah, happened. Exactly. Um, so on podium, he said, he's like, I'm really happy to be up here without any of that situation. Like he actually rode to a third place. Um, so obviously he was stoked on that because obviously people will say whatever they want. If you're, if you're given, given a third place in whatever regard. Um, right. so on the podium, he touched on, he's like, I needed this because now like, you can't say anything about my third. Like I'm, I believe I belong up here, which is really uh-huh. cool to see. Yeah. I mean, obviously that Briarcliff situation was so weird. Um, yeah. even you guys with the posting you do or whatever, I was kind of like, 
I don't know what to post, you know, yeah. like, you know, Bryce was the podium guy on the podium. He's physically stood there. Nick mm-hmm. gets awarded it uh, with all the protests and stuff. He earned it. Like you said, I mean, the way it went yeah. down is the way it went down, but yeah. it was like, it's not even like he can hop on there and be like, yeah, stoked to get third this weekend. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I'm, I am really happy that it ended the way that it did and he could be stoked on it and, and hang his hat on that the way that that he was able to by finishing on the podium there to end the season so let's quickly run down the results sheet here so obviously like we said chad weenan he goes uh goes 2-1 for his first overall win on the day here i think it was the 66th win of the seat of his career i think for the the 38 year old eight time champion yes it was the 66th overall victory of his career's 141st podium and like i said his 17th consecutive atv motocross season securing an overall victory so that's just the numbers are just ridiculous uh joel hattrick his season ends obviously with a second overall on the weekend but with 16 moto wins nine fast qualifier awards seven overall victories and a lot of hole shots so uh credit to him again so much respect for him with the way he handled this race day rode his freaking tail off in that second moto nick janusa he finishes third overall stoked for for him there brandon hogue after a really good first moto he ends up fourth overall on the day fifth overall was bryce ford and he did just enough logan we kind of touched on this already but just enough because that second moto pressure was on because chad weenan was leading this thing so that's three extra points um that he automatically gets for being in the lead versus second and bryce got a good hole shot in that second moto kind of took some pressure off himself but couldn't give up really any spots it ends up three points uh the advantage he has over chad weenan in the points there and um, yeah, he he got the job done to finish second in the points. But Bryce Ford did what he needed to do there at the finale. He let it get close. He had a, a flair for the dramatic there, um, but but he pulled it off in the end. Yeah, it's really cool to see Bryce get that second place. You know, he's been he got two wins this year, which is yep. um, I think more wins, definitely more wins than he's ever gotten the season before. Um, and he was actually starting the battle with those guys up front. Really was, um, yeah. So yeah, I mean. Chad crashing earlier aside, he definitely earned this because, you know, there have been races, there were races where he beat Joel straight up, where he beat Mm -hmm. both of them straight up. So no matter what happened, no matter what happened in the points, it was clearly his best season, you know, no doubt. I mean, obviously he got got his first moto win (laughs) and first overall win of his career. Uh, Then did, then to do it twice, got two moto wins, two overall wins, and then to put together the season that he did so consistent, six podiums and 10 races, uh, just super impressive to see. So credit to him, love to see it. So again, no matter how it worked out points wise, uh, it was going to be his best season, but he gets that P2 spot in the points, holds off Chad Weenan and uh, man, credit to him. Good for him. Uh, Wesley Wolf, he ends up sixth overall on the day with six, five scores. That second moto was really strong. I think it was his, uh, we've said this, we said this at Briarcliff, but his best finish of the season there, uh, six, five for sixth overall was really strong. And, uh, and we'll get back to him in just a little bit here. We got a few minutes left here. Uh, let's finish up our, our list here going down the list. So we talked about Jeffrey Australia. He ends, he ends up seventh overall eighth overall was Max Lindquist. We've kind of seen him just about there all season long. Uh, Kevin Sar ends up ninth overall. So caps his first season here in the States in the top 10, uh, Logan Stanfield. So he does hold on to that spot. Just one race, after sustaining injuries to his ACL and MCL at Briarcliff and a Briarcliff crash, Logan Stanfield made a determined appearance 
fully prepared to battle for his position in the top 10 of the AMA ATV Pro Class season point standings at the finale, and he suffered through the pain. Impressive 9-11 moto finishes for 10th overall in the day, and he finished uh, finished the deal off, clinching 10th overall in the series points. Absolute badass, man. We touched on it already. I don't know if you have any more to add because we touched on it in that first moto, but he sealed the deal, and I'm glad. I mean, he suffered out there for it, and uh, kind of cool to see him finish off the deal there. Logan Stanfield, uh, so much credit to him. I don't know how much of him racing was a factor of like what doctor said. Cause I know he didn't completely destroy yeah. his knee, yeah. um, but he was still out there in pain. Like all motocross racers do. We never tell people how much we're actually suffering. Right. Um, so it was really cool to see him come out and still be competitive and earn the top 10. I told him, uh, and he kind of, he laughed me off in the morning, but I said, Logan, you're going to go out there. You're going to race exactly how you have all season long. And you're going to get this thing done. And you know, you're, uh, he did exactly that. I tore my ACL MCL and meniscus years ago when I'm still on a 300 EX and I had to race the last race of the season to, to seal the, seal the title. And, uh, I got the whole shot in the second moto let Jeffrey sneak by me, shattered in the whole rest of the race, sealed the deal. And then, uh, somehow it was like, like put it in the back of my mind. Didn't even think about it. Then I tried to come home one week later and ride and couldn't ride, like literally broke the top of my lower leg off because there was nothing in between my nothing left of my knee. And I'm like, I don't know how I, how I, you know, finished the deal off in, in Pennsylvania there, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, we, we did it and kind of, if there's a will, there's a way. And, uh, that's exactly what Logan Stanfield did there. So credit to him. Cody Ford end up, ended up 11th overall. Uh, Aaron Salinas ended up 12th overall. He was down hard in Moto2. He was riding really well in Moto2, but went down hard in the 10th commandments. Uh, but reports are that he's he's totally okay. So he uh, should be good. So he um, put together a, a really, really good, strong uh, late season charge there. Uh, so the box score really doesn't show how good he was on this day. And then Cesar Jimenez rounded out the field. This was his last pro race here in the state. So Cesar Jimenez rounds out the field in 13th overall on the day. So quickly, uh, we're running out of time here. I do want to touch on the points. So obviously we know Joel Hattrick, uh, wins the title there with one race to spare. Bryce Ford holds on to the second place spot by three points. Chad Wiener comes in third. Jeffrey Rustrelli holds on to the four spot. Nick Janusa extends that amazing streak of finishing in the top four or five in every single title as a pro. So that's just freaking just ridiculous to wrap your head around. Brandon Hogue finishes sixth overall in points. Max Link was seventh. Wesley Wolf, strong kind of rebound after battling this injury bug these last couple of years here in the comeback trail for him. Eighth overall in points. Kevin Saar gets as high as ninth in the series points. That's not where he was earlier in the season. He gets all the way up to ninth in points. Logan Stanfield, 10th. Cody Ford, 11th. Uh, that, that was the battle that we were touching on there. Logan gets the spot. Michael Allred, 12th. It sounds like we're going to lose him uh, as we look kind of towards the future of this series. We talked to him at Loretta's, and uh sounds like he's going to uh, probably – probably sit out uh, for sure next year, maybe go TT racing or something like that. So we'll see uh, Aaron Salinas 13th. He was your top rookie, not named Kevin Sar. Kevin Sar got the rookie of the year award. Adam Ulrich ends up 14th. Vince Merman 15th. Dane Molander 16th. John Glada 17th. Cesar Jimenez 18th. Zach Decker 19th. Marshall Smith 20th. Andrew Shaddle and Zach Harris finishing out the field there. So quickly, Logan, as we finish up here, 
Uh, what I want to touch on is our Digging Deep Season Ending Awards. So starting with our Digging Deep Most Improved Pro Award, if I was to kind of propose that to you, what what would you say? Who would get your vote for Most Improved Pro? I pick one. Uh, I don't know. I have three people come to mind. Okay. Um, Bryce, most consistent, fastest season yet, finishes out on second. I'll make this quick. Yep. Hogue, this was the first year like we actually saw him running up front at Briarcliff. He was in front of Joel until whatever happened. Um, like he's definitely getting there, you know, minimize those mistakes and mm-hmm. we will start seeing moto wins overalls from Hogue. Um, and Sar just really impressed me all around this year. Pro, pro am. He was like, I think he has more on the line than pretty most people who come to the series because yep. you're coming from the complete opposite side of the world. Um, mm-hmm. And then to actually back that up with results and, you know, you're consistently getting better. Uh, Pro-Am is really where I saw it, where he was like just really putting on good rides, even if he started in the back of the pack. Yep. Um, so those are my three. If I have to pick one, I feel like it has to go to Bryce because, yep. I mean, you're getting overall wins. That is probably the biggest the hardest step you'll ever make as a racer. I've never experienced it in pro class, obviously, but right. um, like going from, I could, I could only, my brother was pro for three, four years, whatever. And I could, how hard it was for him to get into the top 10. Yes. I couldn't imagine how hard it would be to work your way to third and then make that jump to second and the first place position mm-hmm. that has to be, you know, obviously one of the biggest, exactly. One of the biggest achievements you can get in pro before a championship. So the way that we've done this in recent years to award this award is literally go by the points, like how much better they are. I came into this race uh, thinking Bryce had to be the slam dunk kind of pick. Mm-hmm. So by the numbers, he's 59 points better than the year prior and two spots better in the points. So he was kind of top of the list. Jeffrey Rosterly was 32 points better, two spots better in the points. Nick Janusa was 15 points better. And that's the whole list of guys that are better from a year prior, except for one Wesley Wolf. Now I don't know how this factors in with the, you know, having an injury, sitting out some races, all those things, but he was 145 points better <laughs> and seven spots better than a season ago. Now, again, he only raced half the season last year, Yeah, but yeah. It's going to, it would come down to Bryce and Wesley. And I think we're going to give it to Wesley. Uh, Awesome to have him. Awesome to have him back in the series. Uh, 145 points better than a year ago. And he was consistent coming off that injury consistent, like near the top five, six, seven all season long. So those two guys, uh, you know, would be the kind of the fight for it, but I think we're going to give it to Wesley. So uh, that's our most improved pro. The next one is a, is a special one. It's more important than ever before in 2021, Dane Molander was awarded our digging deep rising star award as that season's most outstanding young ATV motocross racer we announced in the wake of this tragedy that from this day forward this award will be called the digging deep dane moland rising star award uh we said that at loretta's a talented young rider will put a cherry on top of a great atv motocross season and the trophy they will earn will be in memory and will honor a previous winner and a young talent that so many of us enjoyed uh, who would get your vote for rising star award logan for amateurs I would say somebody who really impressed me this year. They were competitive in 250s, but now in Pro-Am, um, like seeing them ride really just resembles what, yeah. you know, all of the greats look like. I would yeah. say is Mason Jackson. Yeah. You know, yep. he was riding incredible this year. And I know Kevin Saar, like I said that Kevin would, 
there were some races where Kevin just like just kind of destroyed everybody. But yep. Mason, you know, he's not stepping down from pro, so moving up the ranks and being competitive with one of the already one of the best riders on the face of the planet is incredible absolutely i mean kevin sar is uh is i mean i hold him in the highest regard he's europe's chad weenan right Mm -hmm. um yeah but but hard to vote against mason jackson that's exactly what i have on my list on my sheet here what a weekend he had clinching both pro-am and pro sport titles at the finale sweeping all four motos getting the job done and he really left no doubt logan the other guys that i was thinking i mean joey norris comes out in these last couple races and is just on fire in uh in pro-am and pro sports so much credit to him noah arnold wins two more titles in the 250 class and i know his family believes that he's won as many titles as anybody in the 250 classes or the youth classes i should say so credit to him uh but but yes i think it's got to be got to be mason jackson that we're going to give that award to joe chambers second and blair miller third shared the podium with mason in pro-am as jackson clinched the title by five points there over Kevin Saar and in pro sport Blair Miller second and Tino Abatiello third joined Jackson on the podium and get this fourth overall was Brett Musig and he and Mason Jackson tied for the national championship but Mason Jackson gets the tiebreaker with more overall wins four to three they came into the weekend tied three three to three and it doesn't get any closer than that because Mason Jackson, they literally tie zero points different, but Mason Jackson with a win at Loretta's gets the tiebreaker over the former champion and reigning champion, Brett Musig. But yeah, it's gotta be, gotta be Mason Jackson that gets the, the rising star award there. Uh, bummer for the music racing and repair team as uh, they come up one or zero points short of the pro sport title and his rider, Brett's rider, Kevin Sauer, there comes a five points short of the pro-am title. But, uh, but yeah, so much respect to those guys and, and these riders. I absolutely love those guys. We crowned a, a fantasy champion, Adam Smith. So we're in the process of organizing our, our prizes for our top 15 players or so there. So congrats to Adam and thanks to all of our amazing fans and friends who played ATV fantasy this season. The last topic that, uh, that we got to touch on from our SSI decals top five storylines that we haven't discussed yet is Kinsey Osborne. Could she complete the perfect season? Spoiler alert. She did a perfect WMX season was officially complete uh, with yet another one, one performance at Loretta's 27 moto wins in a row and counting. It's still going Logan. Um, last thing I'm going to have you touch on here, but absolutely just a, an amazing, an amazing season. She's like the Joel Hattrick of women's ATV racing. Uh, Kinsey Osborne, man, uh, again, like, like I've said about Joel Hattrick, don't know what to say about her. Yeah. Kinsey is exactly Joel Hattrick of women's racing. You know, she is probably one of the first women. She is one of the first women we've saw in a while where she can, throw her hat in the ring in a B class, you know, and I don't, I don't know if they plan on moving her up to a or whatever, but she's There's considerations, considerations. Yeah, I, I, I know I've heard stuff. That's why I didn't say uh, I know for right. sure, but yeah. um, she's competitive. Like she is a, not just a good girl racer. She is a good racer. And that really shows like she, she just rides the bike like no other 
woman out there. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I couldn't have said it better, better myself. That she's a great racer, not just a great women's racer. And just like you said, she grabbed a second overall finish in Open B. Uh, what a great way to wrap the season for her. But Logan, uh, I know you got to get out of here. I can't thank you enough for fitting us in. Thanks so much for uh, another awesome season of allowing us to post your content. Uh, you know I adore your work, and uh, I'm already looking forward to 2024, buddy. But I really appreciate you being here. I can't thank you enough for your time and uh let's get together in the off season to do a little something we'll talk about some racing or uh and whatever little free time you may have let's find it for something because i always love having you on the show pal yeah i appreciate you inviting me on always pal thanks so much that's tremelin media house front man logan tremelin right here on the digging deep atvmx podcast brought to you by caldera lab and their high performance men's skincare products and regimen to get 20 percent off with code digging deep 20 at caldera lab.com slash digging deep 20 thanks so much pal have a good day YouTube, see it. We interrupt this program for a special news bulletin. The following message is brought to you by Manscaped.com. The Manscaped engineering team has outdone themselves this time, creating the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, now available for purchase in the U.S. and Canada. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, an official sponsor of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, with this exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0 and I am blown away. This thing is next level. What sets this trimmer apart from all the rest? The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. It features a new multi-functioning on-off switch with travel lock for those of us who like to travel. And my favorite, the new trimmer allows you to customize your trim with four different guard lengths and upgrade from its predecessor that only featured two. If you're listening, you know that good tools are a must, so wait no more to get the best tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using code DIGGINGDEEP20. Hey everyone, this is Larry Mills, president of DP Breaks North America and proud partner of the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast. We at DP Breaks are a longtime supporter of ATV racing and the world leader in centered brake technology, dominating the ATV world for decades by supporting the best four-wheeled racers on the planet. This year's lineup includes Jeff Rastrelli, Mark Baldwin and Baldwin Motorsports, Ford Brothers Racing, Nick Janusa, and many more, including Mr. Digging Deep himself, Cody Jansen, plus all the top 17 GNCC pros such as seven-time champion Walker Fowler, Bryson Neal, Hunter Hart, Cole Richardson, Jared McClure, Adam McGill, and previous champion Chris Borich. These top riders continue to appreciate the high performance and impressive durability that their DP brakes have to offer, products that ultimately help place them on top of the podium week after week. DP Brakes are available through www.dp-brakes.com or you can purchase them through your local parts and limited stocking dealer or you can even message us, myself, Larry Mills or DP Brakes on Instagram or Facebook and if you have any questions about product or sponsorship support, please ask us. We are waiting for you. Join the best ATV riders in the world equipped with DP Brakes and have a great year everyone. Nearing two decades into the brand's existence, Factory 43 is back and better than ever, continuing to make major waves in the ATV world. For the third consecutive season, Factory 43 is the official aluminum parts choice of the Phoenix Racing ATV team, 
providing their state-of-the-art Evo Nerf bars, MX-style front bumpers, and grab bars for two-time champ Joel Hetrick. If you're in the market to upgrade your Nerf bars, bumpers, or grab bars, head over to Factory43ATV.com to see their full line of industry-leading products available for all makes and models. Head over to Factory43ATV.com today. First impressions matter. What's the first thing that someone notices about you? In most cases, it's your face, and most importantly, your skin. If you aren't already, it's time to put your best face forward. How do you do that? By adding in a skincare routine. And it's not as hard as you think. You just don't have the right tools for the job. Until now. Clinically proven to reduce wrinkles, fine lines, and signs of aging, Caldera Lab is the leader in men's skin care and is here to save the day. Use our exclusive code DIGGINGDEEP20 at calderalab.com to enjoy 20% off their best products. Caldera Lab creates high-performance men's skincare products, and the regiment leads off their product lineup, a twice-a-day routine to transform your skin. Men's skincare has never been easier with the help of Caldera Lab and the regiment. Inside this bundle, you'll find face wash that leaves all skin types feeling refreshed, hydrating daily moisturizer, and a rejuvenating before-bed multifunctional serum. Caldera Lab is made with top-tier ingredients and is a great addition to your daily routine. It takes less than a minute both morning and night, and shout out to all the vet riders out there, it's here to reduce your wrinkles, fine lines, and signs of aging. Get 20% off with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at calderalab.com, that's C-A-L-D-E-R-A lab.com. That's 20% off at calderalab.com by using code DIGGINGDEEP20. Jump into skin and first impression royalty with Caldera Lab. So we broke down all the action from round 10, and this is one we would typically talk to a couple of the riders who headlined the action from the weekend, but there's only one rider that we're going to talk to tonight. AMA ATV Pro Class rookie Dane Molander had joined our show two separate times. We're going to repurpose and share those interviews on the remainder of this episode. Tears came to my eyes as I listened to these, but I also laughed and smiled a great deal as well. The first clip you'll hear is from episode 59, which dropped in August of 2021, our Red Bud Review show. This was prior to us awarding Dane our Digging Deep Rising Star Award, but it was kind of the weekend that cemented the award for Dane as he graduated to the pro sport class and went out and won the damn thing. I had the pleasure of sharing the podium with him that day. What a fun conversation that was. The second clip you'll hear is from earlier this year, January 2023, episode 102. Now defending Pro-Am champion Dane Molander joined us to announce that he would be taking his talents to the pro class aboard a Suzuki. You'll hear him say that his goal was a top 10 pushing for a top 5, something he did absolutely to a T at Pleasure Valley earlier this season when he finished 6th in Pro Moto 1 in his home state. It's time that we proudly welcome Dane Molander to the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast one final time. There's one young man in particular that we simply have to start things off with. Let's get him in here. All right, guys, we've really tried to create a mantra of if you ball out on the track, we'll give you a call for you to come on the show here with us. Well, this guy definitely did just that. He's been doing that all season long, really. It's Redbud Pro Sport winner, fresh off the podium, Mr. Dane Molander. What's up, man? Welcome to Dig hey. Deep. Hey, Cody. Thank you so much for having me here. Uh, can't thank you enough for uh, giving me the opportunity to be on here and talk to everybody. 
man, you've been on a tear all season long. We're, we're stoked to have you. Of course, you've been on a, on a tear all season long, but Redbud had to take the cake. Uh, just a few races back, you jumped into pro sport for the first time. And this weekend you go out and won one an absolutely stacked class. Tell me about that a day you, you truly won't soon forget. Oh, yes, sir. Um, it all started with just that whole shot. Uh, uh, Nick DeNoble grabbing that first hole shot. It was just, it was crazy. I didn't even realize he was actually out there at the time okay. until he ended up grabbing the hole shot, holding up the one. I was like, ah, oh, <laughs> only <okay."> him, only him. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I was impressed. I was like, oh, I'm about to have a battle with uh, with uh, Nick DeNoble. And I was, I was pretty excited. Mm-hmm. And I ended up uh, getting past him, I think, uh, within like the first lap. Okay. And after that, uh, I pretty much just rode a clean race the entire time, uh, waiting for uh, Decker to come up to the pack. But he ended up breaking down that first moto, which uh, was tragic, mm-hmm. but is what it is. And I ended up finishing first. Uh, plan wasn't actually to run both motos right away. But after I grabbed that first moto win, uh, we had to run that <laughs> second one. Of course he did. Of course he did. So, um, they're really only like one lap longer than what you're used to, but when you're out in clean air like that in the first moto, like, did it seem like it was super long? Like you're out there waiting for somebody to come up or did it just seem like any other race? Like all these, these moto wins you've had all season? Uh, no, it was pretty much was just like every other race. I was actually really surprised, uh, for the most part, I expected me to get a lot tired, more tired than I did. Yep. But uh, I think I expected the track to be a lot more beat up that day than it was this morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was pretty smooth of a track. And I just went out there and pretty much ripped. Okay. So second motor, tell me about that. Uh, second motor. Uh, I, I almost had the whole shot <laughs> over blew the turn. Okay. And uh, Kazmarek ended up coming in underneath me and me and Zach came down that second turn and I ended up beating him to that second turn and from there i uh expected him to be on my rear bumper for a while which he was and i ended up uh getting a little bit of comfortable gap on him and was able to continue to run my race out front and was just waiting on zach again decker coming up through the pack waiting for him and uh he ended up coming up and getting i I don't think he ended up getting Zach Kazmarek on the last lap, but uh, they were really, really close. Yeah. Yeah. I, I probably had something to do with that. Cause I kept him behind me for a couple laps there. Uh, probably was holding Zach up a little bit, but, uh, but yeah, so we'll touch on, um, what came after that race there and stuff, the podium celebration and everything, uh, like that in a minute here, but you almost had the perfect weekend. Uh, I kind of thought that this was a good time to touch on that. So one, one in pro sport, like you just said, one, one in four fifty eight. you kind of been doing that all season. Then it sounds like you almost had one, one in 16 to 24 too. And then something happened happened like late in the race like you stalled it or the bike or something so tell me about that yeah so i was running college 16 to 24 on that second moto and came all the way around right at the finish line (laughs) waiting for the white flag i see the white flag i'm coming over it on the outside wide open and then it just bogs out and just dies on me over the air so first thing i immediately thought was i gotta pull in this clutch before it, it just locks up and i go over So I pulled in the clutch, landed, pulled off to the side, figured 
I was done. I figured at least I was going to try and start it and see if it started back up. Yep. And I started to start it and it wasn't going over, wasn't even trying to start. And then I tried it one more time, gave that starter a good push and it started kicking over, finally got going. And I had, I think I got passed by uh, Van Fossen, Edwards, and I think two others. So I ended up in it with like fifth at that point. Okay. And it's last lap. There's not much I could do after that. So mm -hmm. I tried tracking them down and I only got to fourth that moto. You're still pretty good though, man. So first of all, uh, those things never start like a quad never starts after hiccups like that. So uh, I feel like you dodged a bullet there. Like it's crazy that that thing started, um, but you're still sitting pretty good. Uh, 24 moto wins on the season, 11 overalls, and now doing it in pro sport as well. Um, so you're still doing just fine. I think even though that's going to feel like the one that got away, it would have been pretty sick to have, you know, the six moto wins on the weekend or whatever. Um, but what do you credit all your success to this season? Cause like I said, you've been on a tear, you've been killing it, making an a name for yourself obviously um what do you credit all that success to uh just everything my whole season just from the start of uh in the beginning of my winters training down a deck of training facility uh, i was down there for a couple months training i hopped around with uh alan myers and uh stanfield and uh linquist and uh kale deal and some other people we all jumped around from track to track and uh, trained all winter awesome and uh then the uh, season started and kicked it off at Texas and I uh, kicked it off with a really good weekend and I was super happy. I had uh, Casey down at my gate. I couldn't have been more happy to have him there with me. Uh, Chris McCauley, just with everything, uh, him being my mechanic and helping me out all the time on and off the track, with the bikes, everything. Uh, Walsh Racecraft, just making me a beautiful bike. This thing just handles so well at every track. Mm -hmm. uh, just can't compare to anything else uh and then casey again with shock suspension and set up everywhere it's just that every track he's always got that bike dialed in for 100 percent at all the time oh you got you obviously got an awesome group you can look at the bike it's obviously you know best of the best stuff um there's no doubt about that tell me about your your program then kind of piggybacking off of that like your uh, as far as riding training stuff like that goes like i'm assuming you go back to pa after the races like tell me about all that uh, yeah, I'm in PA right now. Um, I don't get to ride as much as I'd like to here. Uh, I think my closest track's like an hour and a half, which is like Breezewood. Okay. And they only do really weekend riding. So I get to ride here and there when I want, when I get to, okay. uh, other than that, I'm at work. And then when I'm not working, uh, it, it'll, I come back here at home and, uh, I ride the stationary bike at night like an hour and a half, put my work in and get back up the next morning, go to work again. You know what though? I I've always thought this, like you'd almost rather it be that way. And a person always obviously wants to, wants to ride as much as possible. Like that's obviously been a, a pain that a hurdle that I've always kind of had to being in Wisconsin. But, um, I feel like you'd almost rather have it that way where like you appreciate when you get to ride and make the most of it instead of like, you know, having a track right down the road and taking it for granted. You know what I mean? It's like, you make it count when man, like your, your, your time to ride or whatever, like might be a little more limited. I'd almost like prefer that over the contrary, where you take it for granted. Yes, sir. Cody. Uh, just, I think riding for me more is a, uh, a getaway and like, I can kind of get away from everything else and 
puts me in a different mindset and I can just ride and have fun and be do what I want to do rather than uh walk around the day with uh like a different face on basically mm-hmm. no, just I, riding allows me to open up i i totally 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 get that i'm sure so many listeners uh totally understand what you're saying too um so you wouldn't know it but you're only 17 years old right so uh you don't sound like that when when we hear from you um but the one thing the reason why that's relevant is i've been wanting to ask you about this for the longest time last year you were riding both the the 250 and the 450 and the reason why i wanted to ask you about that is because that's not something you know we could do 13 14 15 years ago when i was coming up um and it was hard for me to even imagine what that would be like to race both the, the amateur and the youth classes at the same time. I think it's an awesome thing, but that was, I mean, that was like no way that was happening back in my day. Um, when you got to make your amateur debut, like that was a huge step. So tell me about that. What was that like to race both the 250 and the 450? I think you were racing like four classes, two on each. Tell me about that. Uh, it was, it was incredible. Uh, I'd go from running battles with JJ Launderville in the 250 class back to back to back. Mm-hmm. Just it would never stop. And right. then I go to 450 class and I'd be battling with guys who are twice my age. <laughs> and it's just crazy. Like to think about the 450 class not having an age cap on it and anybody being able to be in it was kind of a uh it kind of messed with my head a little bit going into the first race and everybody having beards and and mustaches (laughs) and everything had me a little scared Uh, so I was a little nervous and I ended up actually doing pretty well and surprising myself giving myself a little bit more confidence for uh for the 250 class actually sure so that kind of helped me there but still battling with uh Launderville still never competed to anything else Um, yeah. So I think that I truly think that that rule and how that all works now and, um, how they've kind of, uh, morphed over time into being a little more lax where you can race a 250, you can race a 450 if your, your age or whatever works out just right. I think that's a major reason why you kids are finding success so quickly on the 450s. Now, uh, you know, you're already used to that chassis. You can basically be on the same chassis that you'd be riding between the two classes. You're used to some power. I think it's, I I truly think it's progressing the sport in a major way. At least that's how I feel. Yes. I definitely feel the exact same way. I think, with uh taking the little kids and throwing them on a a full-size chassis with just a smaller engine right away gets them ready for that bigger bike but not as much power not as much weight to the whole thing and uh gets them used to it and i think that's really throwing everybody uh to the wolves a lot quicker but Mm -hmm. i think that's what's improving our sport a lot faster well and you tell people like like i've had plenty of conversations with some of these parents that are you know working on getting 250s for their kids or whatever it's like hey like whether it be you know a trx with the conversion kit so you can put a 250 motor in it or a full-blown hybrid either way like you get them used to that chassis now when they, you know, jump on a 450, like they're already comfortable on the machine. All you're doing is changing the engine. They're going to hit the ground running. It just, uh, it's like a recipe for success for you riders that you can really hit the ground running, whether you're racing the 250 and the 450 at the same time, or going from the 250 to the 450. Again, like you guys are set up to succeed in a way that we weren't necessarily 10 plus years ago. I just, it makes so much sense. 
Oh yeah, no, I totally understand where you're coming from and, and totally agree with you. Uh, it just totally is setting all these kids up for basically it's setting them up for success mm-hmm. and for them to be the best that they can be. I mean, they're getting, I mean, when I ran CVTs and, and stuff, the stuff they're building nowadays, like these Jared Korn mod bikes and the CVT classes <laughs> right. and these insane bikes that I'm seeing, like, it would be crazy if I had that back whenever I rode. But uh, I think it's just setting these kids up for bigger bikes and they're just going to be faster. I think kids are going to end up being faster than the bikes that they're going to eventually have. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, in my day, we rode TRX-90s and Etons and Dinleys, and then we got on Blasters. And it feels like, that feels like a lifetime ago when we talk about you being like, you know, I can't imagine having this in my day. That's crazy. Um, But Dane, so uh, one of the things I wanted to get in, and as I was prepping to kind of talk to you, um, this crossed my mind that your dad was actually one of the first emails we ever received at digging deep. And I don't know if you know this or not, but, uh, he, he stated that you guys enjoyed the show. And if I ever needed a guest that you'd be honored to join. And that kind of stuck with me. I just remember thinking, Oh, that's cool. You know, I knew obviously the Molander name at the time, this would have been two plus years ago. Um, and, and it, and it was kind of cool because, stuck with me like people are listening now obviously we've gotten tons bigger since then but it stuck with me that it was just such a nice message you're a kid that I've been you know cheering for from afar for a while now and a lot of that was because of that and every time I've had an interaction with you or your family um, it's just been like super awesome you guys have been awesome and and humble and grateful and um, just awesome people and uh, so to bring you on under these circumstances after a huge win it just seems like it's meant to be like, that's pretty special. Yeah, it really does. Cody. Uh, I don't know, just from you starting this whole podcast, uh, it's really just, it opened me up and I think it opened a lot of people up to stuff that they didn't realize was going on and kind of the history and everything. And it's really honestly, uh, impressive and I enjoy it and my whole family enjoys it. And I think a lot of other people enjoy it. For me as the host, you hope that it gets people excited to go ride, excited more about the sport. Um, and, and, and then stuff like this, like it gives you coverage. It gives people like you coverage that uh, truly uh, deserve it. Like I remember years and this is, you know, maybe even before rip it up films before some of that stuff, but like something really cool would happen at the races. And then like, you'd be waiting for there to be cool coverage about it. And it would never really come. And I hope that we're kind of filling some of those gaps, right? Like, um, you know, we can talk about the awesome race you had or whatever that maybe wouldn't have gotten a ton of coverage anywhere else. And, uh, maybe we'll talk about what happened at the, at the, uh, the podium and some of those things that people unless you were right there would have never known about if, if we didn't have this opportunity to talk to, to people about it. So uh, glad to fill some of those gaps. So as I was kind of mentioning there, uh, did you go home and have somebody buy you a bottle of champagne to start practicing for the next time you get to celebrate? Because that was a whole big thing at the, at the, the podium celebration there was trying to figure out how to spray this thing. We got all kinds of people, you know, talking about how you're supposed to be doing it and this, that, and the other thing. So pretty, um, it was a pretty awesome moment. It was a pretty, uh, innocent moment, I guess, where, uh, you just found yourself, you won pro sport and I don't even know how to spray the champagne that was pretty cool yeah it was uh it was really funny um I expected you guys to know a little bit more about the whole thing (laughs) but uh I guess uh you guys were just as innocent as I was but 
Uh, yeah. So the only experience I really had with popping champagne bottles was in the uh, when I was maybe nine, ten, uh, <laughs> in the pro class, watching them pop champagne and right in the first row, standing there getting ready to get covered and soaked in champagne. Right. Uh, that's about it. Other than that, I've never had an experience myself. Now, uh, afterwards, uh, I had a lot of people come up and talk to me about it and the whole experience. <laughs> and uh, I got talking with uh, Mrs. Decker, and she was talking about having champagne pop in classes down at Decker Training Facility <laughs> this winter for uh, for all the kids, so uh, they know what's gonna what they uh, are to expect to right. do. Yeah, right. Like, like, uh, don't find yourself in the Dane Molander situation where he doesn't know how to spray it yet. Yeah, that's kind of funny. Hey, that's a good problem to have, though. That's a good problem to have. Yeah, yeah. At least uh, I wasn't. I knew immediately what I was doing. At least I didn't open it and chug the entire bottle. Yeah, or or you didn't shoot anybody's eye out, or I mean, <laughs> nothing, nothing crazy happened. So uh, that was a that was a pretty awesome moment. So um, as we look forward to Loretta's next, uh, we kind of been asking everybody this question: Do you have a favorite Loretta Lynn's memory? Yeah. So I think my favorite Loretta Lynn's memory is uh, so two years ago, actually. Uh, the last time we were at Loretta's is the first time I ever rode a Walsh hybrid, which was Zach Decker's. Okay. First time I ever rode one. And just from there on, I guess, is where I kind of, it kick-started me into, uh, into my, where I'm at right now. I was going to say where you are now. Yeah. Yeah. So I just really think that out of everything really sticks with me. Mm-hmm. And I just think that if, you know, maybe if I didn't hop on a Walsh, maybe I wouldn't be where I am now, sure. but, uh, it just, that really is really stuck with me and something I've really thought about. That's awesome. It is uh, crazy to think back when you're like, you know, um, you start to connect the dots on like where you are and where you came from. And there are some moments like that where, uh, you wouldn't be where you are today without some of those connections. So that's crazy to think about. Um, but man, it was awesome to get you on. Uh, you slayed it this past weekend. You've really been slaying it all year, but it was cool to um, be right there this weekend, share the podium with you and see all that joy firsthand. Like it was almost like, I mean, like you said, like you didn't even know that you were going to race the second moto until you won the first one. So it was almost like shock. So to see some of that uh, again, that joy, that innocence, that, you know, just young enthusiasm or, or however you want to say it to see all that for me firsthand was, was pretty cool. So stoked to get you on, uh, obviously want to congratulate you on an awesome weekend. Congrats to your family and all that stuff. Um, but it was cool to, to discuss all this stuff, but an awesome weekend. And for the listeners out there, like Dane Molander's a name that people are going to want to know because he's coming. Thank you so much, Cody. Uh, I'm honored for you to have me here. Uh, I would love for you to have me on again and just thank you and uh, everybody have a good day. Man, you keep killing it and we'll keep bringing you on. Congrats again, buddy. We'll, uh, we'll get you on sometime soon. Congrats on an awesome weekend. Keep up the great work and we'll see you soon. All right. Thank you again, Cody. Success in the ATV MX world is similar to what creates financial success as well. The right people, the right advice, and more importantly, hard work and the benefit of an ongoing relationship as situations change and adversity is experienced. Do you have the right financial advisor to help you reach your goals? Haymower Financial Group can create a personalized, goal-based plan to help your family prepare for whatever life brings. 
Call me, Scott Hamower, at Hamower Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, at 920-338-8150. That's 920-338-8150. Offices located in beautiful De Pere, Wisconsin, with registrations and clients nationwide. Headlined by the 4130 Chromali, Launderville Steel and Concrete Supply is a full-service steel supplier of new and surplus steel, aluminum, and stainless steel products. This racing family-owned full metal service center and concrete product supplier comes with over 30 years of experience serving the entire United States from their central Midwest location. As the number one choice for nationwide shipments and with available next-day delivery in select areas, LSE has you covered near or far. 4130 is not just the chromoly tubing and plate used in the building of chassis for an array of motorsports applications, but it is also the name of the newest addition to the Pro Paddock with riders Jaden J.J. Launderville and Max Linquist, introducing the new 4130 Motorsports team. Launderville Steel offers a large selection of material for any project, including their concrete division that can supply everything you need to complete your next business or personal project. For a quote or more info, visit LaundervilleSteel.com today or give them a call at 715-675-6193. That's 715-675-6193. Here at Digging Deep, we have an obvious passion for ATVs and pridefully enjoy sharing the sport's history. Since 2019, when the podcast was born, we've been working to partner with individuals who share our passion, but one man and his vision had been missing from our partnership group until now. When it comes to the sports history, the hallowed grounds of Binky's Forever ATC Museum has it all. Binky Tapscott's mind-blowing collection of three- and four-wheelers has preserved history by spanning all makes and models from Honda three-wheelers in chronological order to unique builds that shaped ATV racing as we know it, like Doug Gust's iconic DRZ-powered hybrid thumper and everything in between. There's no denying Binky's passion, a passion that we certainly relate to here at Digging Deep. Binky's goal is to share his amazing collection with fellow enthusiasts by making his prized possessions accessible to the public via scheduled visits. Follow Forever ATC Museum on Facebook and watch foreveratc.com for further updates on possibly getting a chance to see Binky's Forever ATC Museum for yourself. We are proud to welcome Binky's Forever ATC Museum to the Digging Deep family. As the number one podcast in ATV racing, it's only right that we partner with the industry leaders in suspension tuning. Insert Impact Solutions. Impact Solutions is a full-service ATV and side-by-side suspension center specializing in the revalving and service of your motocross and off-road suspension. With over 25 years of elite-level knowledge, experience, and testing with riders of all ages and ability levels, Jay Goebel and the Impact crew strive to exceed clients' expectations for service and setup. Impact Solutions is the official Elka Suspension Service Center of the United States, offering unmatched product knowledge and experience. Whether you're in need of service, parts, warranty, sales, or technical support, Impact Solutions has you covered. Head over to ImpactSolutionsATV.com or give them a call today. Thanks for listening, and remember to support our partners. Now back to the show. We have to get to the bottom of a few things with this next guest. Is he planning to go pro? Is he really going to ride a Suzuki? Let's find out. All right, guys, back here with our next guest, and he's another guy that many of us are anxious to see what he has in store for the new 2023 season. Brought to you by Namira Technologies. Namira is your one-stop shop 
engine component supplier with wide offerings of pistons, rings, gaskets, top end repair kits, and connecting rods. Visit your local dealer or online at www.namira.com today. And now let's welcome your 2022 Pro-Am ATV Motocross National Champion to the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast, Mr. Dane Molander. What's up, buddy? It's been a little bit since we've uh, had you on, so welcome back. Hey, Cody. Thank you for uh, having me back on. I uh, couldn't be thankful to be back on here. Yeah, it's been a great season. Yeah, man. So we we haven't talked since you clinched the Pro-Am title with the dominant performance at Loretta's. Allow me to congratulate you. Probably be the last one to congratulate you at this point. It's been a little bit, but uh, man, what a season it was for you. Five overall wins, 10 podiums between Pro-Am and Pro Sport, 11 moto wins. It was a season that, you know, you won't soon forget, pal. I'm, uh, it was like a dream season for you, I feel like. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it was definitely probably a highlight of my entire career. I mean, winning the championship for Pro-Am as it is, is just, mm -hmm. uh, I couldn't be more stoked about that. Yeah. And then the way it ended too. I mean, with, uh, with that dominant ride, you had one, one performance at Loretta's you didn't have to win, but you still won the way you've raced up through the class, man. You just, you put a stamp on that thing. And I think that you kind of left all of us that watched it kind of with this feeling like, man, Dane's Dane's the next guy. So, uh, I had to feel good to put that cherry on top of that thing. Like you couldn't have ended it any better. Yeah. I mean, it's that at Loretta's, it really came down to just anybody could win it. So I was, I was basically all or nothing in all everything in for it and just give or take. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, uh, like I said, what a season, it was a dream season for you. So the season wrapped up, uh, all the way back in August, uh, it's basically February now. So we've had some time between now and then. So what have you been up to this off season, pal? Tell me a little bit about the off season so far. Uh, I've been working out a, a little bit. Um, I've just actually just started probably getting into riding the last couple of months. I've had uh, some issues getting some bikes together. Okay. I uh, just went riding yesterday. I actually ended up getting some horsepower out of the Suzuki's. So I saw that. Yeah. I'd be more stoked for that. I mean, I'm really excited for this season upcoming and the people I'm working with. I hope this program can hold together. And I think we, uh, we got a shot at this. Yeah, man. It, uh, it look, I saw that you were riding yesterday, which is awesome. It's cool that you're back home, right? Like you, you got good enough weather to be riding back home. Is that what's going on? Uh, the weather up here is it's all right. It's kind of, uh, iffy. I mean, it's a little bit colder. So we've been going down South to around uh, North Carolina jumping around down there. Got Not it. really got the whole way down to Florida yet. I'm hoping in the next couple of weeks we can get down there. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I saw you riding yesterday. So I was like, Oh, perfect. This is a perfect time to talk to him. He's been spinning some laps. So that's awesome. Uh, so I heard you, you referenced the, the Suzuki. Uh, so we'll get into that. I heard early in the off season that you were planning to go pro. I don't know. I haven't heard anything official yet at this point. So I'm just going to straight up ask you, will we see Dane Molander lining up to make his pro debut at uh, the 2023 ATV motocross season opener at Daytona, or is that not something that's happening? Uh, that's a hundred percent happening. I'm all, uh, I like it. Class. I like uh, it. Take it as a learning year this year. Uh, I'm not even going to mess with pro-am at all. I'm just going to put all my work okay. in pro and uh, see how we can do. Awesome, man. Awesome. That's, that's great to hear. I, I got sent an official list the other day of, of pro licensed riders and your name wasn't on there yet. So I was all ready to put you in the fantasy game and start building all that. And I was like, well, better hold off till I talk to him. I didn't, uh, didn't know exactly what was going on there, but that's uh that's an awesome thing to hear. I think, um, I think that that's where you belong at this point, you know, watching the season that you had last year, I don't think that you have anything left to, to prove in pro-am at this point. And, uh, 
man, that's gotta be exciting. This is, this is something that you've been working towards your whole life. That's gotta be, that's gotta be a great feeling. Oh yeah, for sure. It's definitely a dream. It's uh, been my dream since a little kid to run with the big boys and here I am. Yeah. I couldn't be happier. I'm sure that, you know, you probably, as you're working on quads, as you're working out in the gym, as you're spinning laps at the practice track, as you're laying in bed at night, you're thinking what it's going to be like, you know, to be at Daytona and line up with those guys for the first time. So, so tell me a little bit about those emotions. I mean, that's gotta, we all grow up uh, dreaming of what that'll be like. So, so tell me kind of what comes to mind when I ask you that it's just gotta be a dream come true. Yeah, it's for sure a dream come true. I mean, lining up on the line with my idols I've been looking up to my entire life coming up through, yeah. seeing these other guys moving up through, being like, wow, I hope I can do that one day. And, you know, now we're here. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely going to be a, a different experience lining up on the gate, looking to my left, seeing Chad, looking to my right, seeing Joel. Yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be super exciting. Um, it's one of those things, too. I mean, all of us, you know, fans and, and other racers like everybody, it's exciting to see, you know, to see new blood in the pro class, and especially when someone like you comes in and, you know, you're a, a pro-am champion. You're one of the guys that, you know, everybody wants to see how it's going to go. And uh, man, that creates so much excitement for for the new season. So congrats on that i'm sure you're stoked and that kind of leads me directly to my next question so i was told again early in the off season that you were going to be riding a suzuki you already said the suzuki i saw the pictures from yesterday you're riding a suzuki so obviously you know you're going to confirm for me that you're riding a suzuki so tell me about that decision to stay on a machine that's super similar to the hybrids that you had been riding in years past yeah uh about mid-season last year or Beginning of last year, we kind of made the decision that if we were going to go pro, we'd probably try to stick with this with the Suzuki's. I mean, the geometry of the bike just kind of suits me yep. completely. And like it's a really easy jump from the hybrid to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, with having all the parts and extra parts from the hybrid, it's a lot of interchangeable stuff besides obviously the engine stuff. But right. other than that, I mean, I've rode a couple of Yamahas. I'm not a huge fan of how they ride. They're not kind of suited to my riding style. Whereas the Suzuki, I I love that. I mean, that whole mm-hmm. geometry and frame and everything just rides amazing. The only concern we had was uh, pulling some power out of the the dinosaur engine over there. So, but we've made some uh, some stuff work. There's a lot of new technology that came out with it. I mm-hmm. mean, a lot of the stuff is very comparable to the Yamaha, and I think we can pull uh, comparable numbers to the Yamaha, if not more. Yeah, well, and and I think that there's so much to be said about riding something that is similar to what you're used to. I know that that's a conversation you and I have had in the past where you were coming, you know, from the 250 and then moving to, you know, to the big quad classes, to the 450 classes and basically riding the same quad with a different motor. So to now be going to the pro class and riding a chassis that's very similar to not have to, you know, you're going to be learning the pro class. So that's going to be a learning curve, but then to not have to learn a whole new quad at the same time, I think that that's a major advantage, you know, for you and your program. I would assume that that's why the decision was made. Yeah, no, for sure. That and kind of like a budget thing. I mean, uh, yeah. it's a lot easier. I feel like to, to go into the Suzuki's, I mean, you're looking at six grand for a basically complete bike. I mean, mm-hmm. if you want to get into a race bike, you're looking at no more than like 10 grand, whereas a Yamaha, you got to nobody's really selling complete bikes right now you're looking at 12 grand to just get into a stock one and then like 15 into engine and other accessories and whatnot so Mm -hmm. i mean for that to work for me it's basically the easiest way yeah no i I totally get doing it within your means and yeah I'm, i'm all for that i i know exactly what that's like 
man, you're going to have a lot of LTR lovers out there that are going to be pulling for you. So that's going to be really cool. So uh, where do you see yourself finishing, pal? I know that that's a big question, but tell me kind of about your goals, at least, uh, that you have kind of in the back of your mind as you're getting ready to embark on, you know, this journey of a professional career for you, racing against the fastest guys in the world and the most prestigious ATV racing series in the world. Tell me kind of what your goals are, whether it's, you know, goal for Daytona, goal for the season. Uh, tell me, tell me about that. What comes to mind? I mean, a goal, honestly, <laughs> over everything would be a top three, but I mean, a realistic uh, standing, I'm hoping for at least a top 10 and pushing for a top five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing, and I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but I think the biggest thing is avoid the big crashes, do all the laps. You know, you're you're a guy that you know, your speed is good, you get good starts, you're used to being up front, all those things. So if you go out there and ride the way you know how, I think that you're going to find yourself right inside the top ten, right where you need to be. And I think that that's the biggest thing, right? Because in the pro class, you have all kinds of craziness happens. There's people going every which way there's fast guys everywhere, but things happen. Guys crash stuff breaks. I think that, you know, doing all the laps, staying consistent, all those things is the biggest thing. And, you know, we saw you pal, we saw you with some magnificent crashes last year. So, uh, those got to stay in the past. That can't be something that follows you to the, to the, the pro class. That's going to be done with that. Yeah, no, I'm definitely hoping for none of those. I mean, (laughs) As long as I can keep it on all four wheels and, and stay on it, I mean, that's the uh, best thing I can possibly do. I mean, I, I had my fair share of uh, getting in some pileups last year also in that pro sport class. That was kind of a disaster, but um, <laughs> I think as long as I'm able to kind of stay away from all that and keep pushing, I, I think I'd be good. Yeah, it's good for your brand. I mean, it's good for the brand. A lot of views on on social media, but uh, but not good for the results at the end of the day. So, um, so so yeah, that'll be awesome. And what do you think about? You know, we got a couple new tracks this year. Obviously, you know, you've raced Daytona in the past. You'll be it's a bigger it's a bigger operation when you're a pro. And then you know you got got Gatorback, which is new for for guy younger guys like you. Bud's Creek is. I don't know if you would have been racing Bud's Creek in 2012 when we last raced there. Probably not. So uh, a couple new, couple new tracks, a little bit different schedule. That'll be exciting too, right? Like change is always kind of fun. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, Gatorback is definitely a new one for me. I've always heard people rave about how nice of a track that is and how mm-hmm. sweet it is. So I'm excited to go there. Uh, Bud's Creek. I've actually rode not the national, but uh, for races. 13 back in the day, I, I'd yeah. go there. I've probably done like three or four races there back on like 90 shifters and CBT. Okay. So, okay. I mean, the track hasn't really changed much. So, layout's basically the same. So, yeah. it shouldn't be too bad. And then like underground coming back, I'm, I'm excited about that. That's track I got my first ever national win at. So Oh, nice. So I'm happy about that one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and like you said, Bud's Creek is kind of towards your area of the country over there. So that's another uh, another good one for you, good place for you. And I think it's cool. It's actually, you know, with, with Daytona being on a Tuesday and basically Gatorback being 10 or 11 days later, um, that's actually really nice for everybody, for the traveling aspect of it. You're all already going to be in that area. You can ride for, you know, a week or whatever, prep for, for Gatorback and then be right over there. I think that uh, the way that the schedule works out, 
probably helps a lot of people. You can go down there for one trip, race those two races, hammer those out, and then move on to the rest of the series. I think that that uh, is something that that the schedule makers did that kind of benefits everybody, especially you know I'm from Wisconsin, so I'm way up north. But you know you're you know you're in Pennsylvania, you're pretty far north too, and um, those trips across the country, man, they they break the bank for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. They're not cheap. I think it was a good decision. And I mean, you got a uh, Decker training facility making that mm-hmm. race in between the, uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of, it, that'll pull people into staying and wanting them to go there and stay for a week or so, and then mm-hmm. move the gator back. So I think that is a smart decision on their behalf for sure. And is that something that you'll plan to do is race that event down there in between? Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure yet. It's invite only. I have not received my, invite got it. Yet, so okay debating on that one but uh (laughs) if i do we'll see if i go okay okay well i'm sure uh, i'm sure you'll get the invite but uh so and that's like big money race right like didn't i see like 10 grand is giving getting given away or maybe it's more um either way it's big money they're saying i think twenty five thousand dollars in just the pro class okay and then i think it's the first place in the pro class walks away with i think fifteen thousand, and then it it goes down from there but I mean, all the other mini classes and whatnot, they're all getting paid out too. Oh, wow. That's, that's incredible. So, uh, credit to those guys, man. You can't say a good, uh, enough good things about the Deckers. And obviously my family, my mom had just said to me this morning, she's like, man, can you imagine what it would have been like, you know, when I was staying in Florida in the off seasons and everything where, you know, I had to drive to the gym, I had to drive to a nice laundromat. I had to, you know, do all these things, drive somewhere to get my bike worked on. If need be, if I needed some help with something drive to Walsh. So, um, so yeah, to have all of that in one place, I, we've talked about it on all of these preseason shows in years past but to have a place like deckers where it's all in one spot i've never been there still to this day but man it it looks incredible track looks amazing to have all the facilities and everything infrastructure that they have there awesome people obviously too and then to have you know it's kind of like an alden baker like deal for uh, you know from the dirt bike side where you have all of these fast guys all riding together you know when you're prepping for a season and you don't have other fast guys to kind of gauge yourself on uh gauge yourself off of kind of a question mark on where you stand if you're at deckers you know exactly how fast all the all the fast guys are going because most all of them are there so uh advantage to everybody down there but uh but yeah what a what an awesome place that is and what an awesome event that is too like that'll be uh that'll be the place to be on that weekend that's for sure oh yeah for sure and then they're pulling people with that uh champ camp which will be kind of like a new Mm -hmm. dream camp so uh, Mm -hmm. i think that'll take off pretty good too with having everybody coming to that and basically i mean they'll have fun i mean there's you you can swim there you can do whatever Mm -hmm. so i mean i think they'll turn that into a new dream camp and basically take that and run with it yeah but the facility is great the whole thing i mean you got woods loop you got two tracks pit bike track i mean kids got everything to do there so Mm -hmm. you don't really have to go anywhere And how cool is it that, you know, I know that they do dirt bike stuff too and whatever, like obviously it's open to everybody, but to have a place like that, that's very ATV like centric and focused. And obviously, you know, they're ATV people to have a place so nice uh, and and to have them be ATV people. So they're, you know, they lean towards ATVs maybe more than anything else. Uh, What a blessing that is for the ATV community, because in the past, you know, one place after another, after another started, you know not allowing ATVs. And now you have a place like this, that's the biggest, baddest place around. And they're, you know, ATV focused, it seems like, man, what an advantage, what an awesome thing that is for the ATV community. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, 90% of the heavy hitters are moving down to Florida to train in that winter mm-hmm. when it starts getting cold wherever they're from. So mm-hmm. uh, 
I feel like a majority of the tracks down there are kind of starting to close down on, on quads. I mean, some tracks will allow quads on like one day and not another day. So it's kind of iffy and depending on when you can ride and when you can't. So, I mean, going to Deckers is you can ride pretty much every single day. You don't got to worry about anything but weather. I mean, as it's a smart decision. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't get any better than that. Well, uh, pal, I can't thank you enough for your time and, and for, uh, fitting us into your schedule. Uh, I was going to ask you if you were going to race Pro-Am, you already told us that, that that's not going to be a focus for you, that you're going to focus on the pro class. And, uh, I totally understand that kind of, um, uh, saving all your bikes for that, saving your energy for that. That makes so much sense to me, man. It's going to be, it's going to be fun. You're going to be one of the guys that I think all of us are going to be watching. I know that we all expect, you know, big things out of you. We want to see where you're going to stack up in this pro class, but, uh, Man, I, I got to congratulate you again on making this step to the pro class. It's a dream come true for you. And uh, like I said, everybody's going to be watching. So I knew I wanted to get you on this preseason update show, uh, see what's going on, get the confirmation on the pro class, get the confirmation on the Suzuki. Think that everybody's kind of excited for that. And now, uh, as soon as I get off this, I'm going to have to add you to the fantasy game because I think a lot of people are going to be picking you in ATV fantasy. Yeah, thank you. I, uh, I appreciate you having me back on and I appreciate all the support. So I mean, I'm hoping I get a good shot at this season, hoping to keep everything together and stay on all four wheels this season and give it my best shot. Yeah, you're going to be a hot pick for sure. So what's the what's the next five weeks look like as uh, we get close to Daytona? You said maybe going down to Florida, spending some laps leading up to that race. Is that what it's looking like? Yeah, it's, it's got to, it has to happen. I mean, I've been trying to get down, but like I said before, like problems with bikes, trying to get them together and it's crunch time right now. I got to... Mm-hmm. I got to start riding more and more rather than just on the weekends. So I'm going to try to get down there and ride as much as I can before Daytona. Yeah. Well, you're going to be ready to go. I think mindset's the biggest thing. So if in your mind you're ready to go, you'll be, you'll be ready to rip, but that's awesome, man. We'll stay safe. Keep grinding. Uh, thanks so much for joining us here ahead of the, your rookie season as an AMA to be pro. And uh, we'll look forward to you slaying it at one of these races and having you back on here to talk about it, pal. Thanks so much. Thank you, Cody. Thank you for having me. Awesome, man. That's Dane Molander signing off on the Digging Deep ATBMX podcast brought to you by Namira Technologies. See you soon, buddy. Thanks so much. Yes, sir. Heavy. But Dane's legacy will live on forever in our show's archive, and his name will forever be honored on our Digging Deep Rising Star Award. That's going to be a special one to give our 2023 recipient, Mason Jackson. I want to thank the Molander family for always being so good to me. You heard there, Don reached out to Digging Deep when we were brand new. And the whole family then went on to play Digging Deep ATV Fantasy, and they were just so, so, so very kind. They will be forever deeply missed. This one is for them. Thanks to producer Dallas Jansen, my brother, for all his hard work. Thanks to Brooke and AMA official Harv Whipple. Thanks to photographers Ken Hill, Swingarm Media, and Logan Tremellen of Tremellen Media House. Thanks to Logan for joining this episode. He was awesome as always. Shout out to Michelle Stillo of Rated MX. Thanks to her for another great season of being able to watch a live stream of the races. She's an absolute hero. Thanks to all of our donors. You know who you are, including the Valone family. We appreciate you so much. Thanks to all of our partners. CSD Tires. Go to shop.csdtires.com today. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew. Thank you, SSI Decals, Valvoline, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV Components, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, the financial advice of the Haymauer Financial Group, DP Brakes, Factory 43, Binky's Forever ATC Museum, Impact Solutions, New Park. 
partner, Caldera Lab, and their high-performance men's skincare products and regiment. We all know moto is a gnarly sport. It can be hard on our skin, so allow Caldera Lab to help you achieve your skincare goals this summer. Get 20% off with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at calderalab.com slash DIGGINGDEEP20. Remember, if you send us a screenshot of a placed order from Caldera Lab using our DIGGINGDEEP20 code, we will send you a free item of Digging Deep merch. And Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Support the brands that support our show and don't forget to use those codes to save. You can find it all on our website and be sure to click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner for all your gear and parts needs and to help us out. And most of all, thanks to you guys for listening. Season ending ATV fantasy info and standings results, all those things can be found at ATVfantasy.com. Congrats to league winner Adam Smith. We'll get him on in the coming weeks to talk about his championship uh, and his award is in the works right now. We're putting all of our prizes together. So if you finish in the top 16, 15, 16, 17, something like that or so, uh, you can probably expect to get an email uh, or a message from me shortly about your prizes. Obviously, uh, my family is foregoing their prizes, so that's why it'll go a little bit down the, the list there. Typically, we try to give the top 15 awards, but we'll go a little farther than that because obviously we're foregoing the, the prizes here. Also want to thank all the people that placed digging deep orders in recent weeks. Being that the weather was obviously not conducive to many sales at the track, uh, if you message us, if you DM us, uh, we will still honor the $20 shipped price point for any item that we have in stock. So shoot us a message. This includes shirts and snapbacks, shirts of all kinds. So reach out to us and we will happily send you one of our Digging Deep shirts, the, the shirt of your choice for $20 shipped. If you're looking for another easy way to help support us, visit our website and click the Patreon or Buy Me a Coffee buttons. This allows you to set up a one-time or monthly contribution to support our efforts. You can leave us a voicemail. We'd love to play it on the show. That number is 920-569-3519. Follow the show on social media, Digging Deep ATBMX podcast, and myself, Cody Jansen, for additional content coverage and more fun stuff as we are starting the off season. That is nuts. But we're going to hone in on the Quad Cross of Nations. We'll cover the heck out of that. Uh, we have the Digging Deep ATB Ride Day at Briarcliff coming up here at the start of October. So we still got all kinds of fun stuff going on. And the plan is I do want to talk to some of these riders that did really well at Loretta's. This has been a trying time and a, and a difficult time for our ATV community. Uh, but in the coming weeks, I would like to talk to the Chad Wienens, maybe the Nick Janusa, some of these guys that really showed out at Loretta's. So we will cover Loretta's a, a little bit more with the riders who were in the mix there. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Wherever you find podcasts, you'll find the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. All episodes, additional podcast providers, sponsor links, and discount codes, show merchandise, fantasy info, and more can all be found on our website, diggingdeepatvmx.com, so check that out today. Be a friend, tell a friend. Please download, subscribe, rate, review, and share. And with that, for Logan Tremellen, Dane Molander, Brooke Jansen, Dallas Jansen, and I'm your host, Cody Jansen, thanks for listening to and making us the most listened to podcast in ATV racing with more than 230,000 downloads last month in 103 total countries. Until next time, thanks for joining us in digging deep with the stars of ATV Motocross. And as we exit tonight, just like last year, we want to shout out all of our 2023 ATV Motocross National Champions.
Congrats to these champions, starting with AMA ATV Pro Class champion, Joel Hetrick. Congrats to Pro-Am national champion, Mason Jackson. Pro Sport, Mason Jackson. Open B, Casey Fancher. Open C, Blaine Thomas. 450A, Tom Ebden. 450B, Casey Fancher. 450C, Blaine Thomas. Production A, Kale Deal. Production B, Vincent Dillon. Production C, Dustin Seifert. Production stock BC, Tyler Hart. College 16 to 24, Tom Ebden. Junior 25 plus, Brett Musig. Veteran 30 plus AB, Jeff Robbins. Veteran 30 plus C, Dustin Seifert. Senior 40 plus AB, Jeff Robbins. Senior 40 plus C, Joe Thomas. Masters 50 plus, Jason Jackson. WMX, Kinsey Osborne. Women 15 plus, Olivia Joyner. Battalion, Dale Yammer. Two-stroke, Matt Mansky. Youth All-Star 14 to 17, Noah Arnold. 250 Mod 13 to 15, Landon Korn. Schoolboy Senior 13 to 17, Noah Arnold. Schoolboy Junior 12 to 15, Jaden Powell. Super Mini 12 to 15, Jaden Powell. Schoolgirl 13 to 17, Lillian Plaza. Girls 8 to 13, Lillian Plaza. 90 Open 8 to 13, Styles West. 90 Automatic 8 to 13, Ethan Cornell. 90 Shifter 8 to 13, Styles West. 70 Open 6 to 11, Ethan Cornell. 70 Automatic 6 to 11, Ethan Cornell. 70 Shifter 6 to 11, Ethan Cornell. 50 Open 4 to 8, Johnny Loths. 50 CVT 4 to 8, Sammy Joe Baxter. And 50 Automatic 4 to 6, Easton Presley. From the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, congrats to all of our ATV Motocross national champions. Things are crashing and burning here at the Digging Deep podcast, much like the Titanic. Those guys were hauling ass, for real. I remember watching Doug Gus, I don't know who it was, Steel City, running the same times Friday afternoon as James Stewart was on Sunday back then. It was mental. I've never seen quads go that fast. Quad leaders are freaking 